So we're out here and we're still talking about the goddamn internet. But today we want to focus on the cloud, you know? Where do things go when you um, put stuff on the cloud? Are there a bunch of let go balloons from small children up there with stuff? Uh, all that and more on this week of Where Do We Even Start? Check it right now. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. Oops. Unless you're listening to this later, in which case, it doesn't like, skip the next 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are sorry because we have not recorded an episode for you guys in um, a while. In a while. It's been summer, if we're being honest. You know, things got busy. We both had siblings that we needed to see and visit. Yeah. yeah. Um, we took a break. We put a lot of episodes for you guys. We did. And also, I don't know if you remember, there's like a heat wave oh, yeah. in 2021 and then the sky was on fire. You know, there's Apocalypse. been a lot of hurdles. But we're here and we're here to announce that like this is the first time we're actually recording an episode. In person. In person. Like I am in the same room as Natalie. I'm looking into Misha's eyes. It's, we're sitting across the table. It's a little bizarre, <laughs> if we're being honest. But. Yeah, it's bizarre as hell. But we have gone in and we have um, learned for you about the cloud and it was hard for us to decide how to explain this because in some sense you know we've been trying to teach you guys this season about what the internet is and you know the cloud is kind of building off of the internet but in some ways it's you know its own special technology so we're gonna try our best um and yeah i don't know misha what do you think yeah i think you know a lot of what the internet it is is just like names mm. that people have invented over the years. True. And the cloud is certainly almost one of the most invented of those names. That's um, true. But it's it's literally in our face all the time. Yeah, it is. You hear about it. Your phone's always telling you about it. Your computer's yelling at you about it. So my question that I present to you is what is the cloud? Like literally what is it? Because I don't need, like the cloud gives us no information, the name. So what what is the cloud? Can you elaborate? At a basic level, the cloud, the cloud is the internet. Okay. But in that way that like the cloud is the internet, but the internet is not the cloud. Okay, so it can't go. It can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a square rectangle thing. So the internet, you know, is is the ones and zeros, and the internet is really about that data being requested right. and sent and received from one computer, uh, one one user, one terminal to to the other, and the data is being sent through the wires and the oceans and the waves. Right, um, right. We discussed. So we, we discussed, discussed all this. So this big know, network of computers, and I'm asking from data from your computer yeah. to my computer. Exactly. Great. And so the cloud is kind of a model um, for how data can be stored and then transmitted. And so it's okay. also like it's a set of technologies that make it they're possible. You know, there's a reason why when the Internet was first launched that the way we do things in the cloud kind of wasn't the norm because it, it wasn't really developed right. yet. Um, but it doesn't really change the core function in the Internet, but it just kind of. You know, it alters the way we interact with data. And I think it has also fundamentally shaped how we think of the Internet. Okay. And it's really hard nowadays to kind of separate the two because so much of what the Internet has become is because of what the right. cloud is. Right. I see. So just to kind of clarify for our wonderful listeners, like when we're about to explain everything to you guys about the cloud, like the core kind of idea that we've taught you about the internet isn't changing in terms of, yes, I'm requesting data. The ones and zeros are being sent. Yeah. Through the waves, through the tunnels, through the wires, everything that we've laid out for you, like that is still relevant. And I just want to 
reiterate that so you can kind of try to recall from the previous episode or if you haven't listened to our previous episodes go do that so you can be learned for this explanation Mm -hmm. and um I wonder in my head then if you're saying that, you know, the cloud is the Internet, but the Internet is not the cloud. Like what makes it so different? Why is it different enough to have its own special name? Yeah. So like originally the Internet, it's like it's a lot of devices sending files back and forth and trying to find that quickest way between two devices or, you know, lots of companies would have. We've talked about servers before, Mm -hmm. which are kind of computers made specifically for for sending files right. you know in in a way you can think of your hard drive like a server that's like serving it but it's you know sure, physically sure. attached inside your computer yeah versus a server might be outside down the hallway in a building or right. it could be around the world yeah um so originally you know there's lots of servers every business was kind of intended to have its own server okay. and there's going to be tons of servers everywhere little small servers you know if you had your own website you could have your own server yeah. in your in your basement and that would be sending your website connecting to everyone around the world whereas the cloud is is kind of this like modal shift from everyone having their own servers and having your own data stored to kind of this more centralized model okay generally that is you know bigger companies having bigger server right like we call them farms they're not farms they're just they're just warehouses but farm sounds a little cutesy um so basically instead of everybody storing their own data on their own, yes, servers or whatever. We are now shifting to allowing somebody else, a third party, do yeah. that for us so we don't have to think about it. Yeah, that that and like I guess you could kind of think at the beginning it was like there was like the mom and pop independent. You would have tons mm-hmm. of people. Maybe you didn't have your own server. Yeah. But you could go to like hundreds of different places sure. that would actually have their own servers. And the cloud, I don't know, it's kind of a marketing term for the yeah. corporate takeover of the internet right okay in, in some ways you know now it's a few big companies okay have these servers because it's it is more efficient in a lot of ways yeah um but it also gives those companies lots of control okay so basically with that being said then it sounds like the way that we access our data and the way that we store our data it's just changing a little bit mm-hmm. like we're still yeah that same basic interaction of like requesting and receiving still exists but yeah. instead of getting it from an individual you know in one place you're getting it from one big centralized place and yeah. i don't know is that kind of right yeah that's kind of right and i think i think let's like give an example sure and an, an example that we, I think many people are aware with maybe you haven't and you should try the magic of collaborative <laughs> editing but you know True. so in a, you know you can have a text doc on your computer right. you make it on your computer it's on your computer's hard drive and you could maybe email it or to put it on a flash drive to someone else and they can copy it to their computer right. but now that's like a separate file they're two separate files because they're being stored on two separate hard drives that mm. aren't talking to each other right um you probably know where I'm going with this is on the cloud we can have things like Google Docs or Microsoft right. Word online where instead of being stored on your computer's hard drive or your phone's flash storage or I mean let's yeah. be honest your, your laptop has flash storage <laughs> now anyways not into that but you know it's being stored in this server somewhere else right. and so in one way it's kind of keeping it away from you so if you don't have access to the internet then you might not be able it. to access the file right. but if you do have access to the internet you can access it from every device and if you're right. sharing it with a friend then you can both be on the same version right. of the file at the same time so right. it's kind of you know i guess at the beginning of the internet the internet wasn't something you had all the time it wasn't right. always on and so the cloud is really available because we have this really always on internet that's true now. and we've talked about that before mm-hmm. so okay i'm here if i'm hearing what you're saying correctly so if i 
I, and I think maybe something I just thought of is like, for example, if anyone has a Mac, like the Notes app. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between I make a note and I'm like, lol, what's up, Misha? And if the if that note application is not connected to the cloud in any way, but it's just stored on my computer, mm-hmm. I can only access that note if I'm on my own computer. Yeah, and then, sure. yeah, if I send it to Misha... He can only access it on his computer or if he hacks my computer, he's more than welcome to take a look Um, versus if the notes app, which I believe is connected to the cloud. Right. You can now share notes Mm -hmm. or things like that. Is that kind of. Yeah. So the the notes app is a good example because it has a few different ways that it's connected to the cloud. So the notes app um, has like cloud syncing between Mm. your accounts. Okay. So it has iCloud syncing, but also the notes app will also sync like. Uh, I think Gmail notes Ooh. and Outlook. Like yeah, yeah. there are actually other services. It's a it's an open platform that any notes can be can be synced across right, your different right. Apple devices. And then in later versions and more recent, maybe only three or two or three, yeah. maybe four iOS versions ago, they introduced collaborative notes. So now right. you can okay. share a note with someone else on an iPhone and you can both edit that same note in your two accounts, basically right. share that note together. Right. So before it was, you can sync things between your own account and now you can even sync right. things between multiple so people's accounts. Instead of copy pasting what I wrote in my note and sending it in iMessage, I yeah. could just share the note. Exactly. So it's... There are, this setup has some kind of core advantages. And I think that the idea of accessing, you know, the same data from any device is definitely a big one. And I think you mentioned it briefly, but yeah, Google Docs is like a huge example of this. But if you'd be able to explain for everyone, kind of what are some of the core advantages of using the cloud versus the old way of the internet? Yeah. So I think we were saying like your computer's hard drive is kind of now no longer the primary place for storage. Right. And so now that we kind of live with multiple devices, that means that everything's synced across much easier. Right. It's like my um, iPhone, my MacBook, yeah, yeah. my iPad, my Apple Watch. You know, we could live in a world... Um, and some of the later iPods did this. Like, we could we live in a world, you know, you used to sync your iPod by plugging in the cable. Yeah. We could live in a world All where... All my torrented music. Yeah, we could live in a world where instead of plugging it in, it could, like, over your home Wi-Fi network, every time your devices are together, they could sync. Right. We could live in that world where right. instead of syncing things on the internet, we sync things, you know, locally. Sure. But, you know, that... In, that causes lots more problems because the other great advantage of the cloud is this security of a of a backup. You right, know? right, right. Um, I think some people, I know some people who are like, how could you ever do a Google Doc for your term paper? Mm, what if Google oh, Docs wow. like, you know, right. explodes and, you're, and it's due? Um, which is a fair question. Yeah. But... And we will get and, to that. And yeah, and yeah. And so at the same time, I think it's, yeah, it gives it a backup because your computer hard drive could also die. This is true. At any point, right? And yeah. so it, it is somewhat less likely that Google Docs will completely go down forever right. versus, I don't know, you could spill your um, tea on your yeah. laptop and then, ooh, ooh. And then that's done. Indeed. Um, so I think like, yeah, the the other aspect besides the backup of Google Docs and like Figma, if anyone uses Figma, but mm. Figma, if you want to sponsor us. Hashtag Figma sponsor. Where do we even start? Let's get yeah, that trending you know, on you Twitter. <laughs> email at wdwespodcast at gmail.com. Figma, HME, HME. Thank you so much. It's like that live editing yeah, and collaboration exactly. thing. And it's just enabled 
I don't know, different type of work styles enable different types of projects to even happen. But that's very different that, you know, me and Misha work on the same project on different computers versus having to be in the room together, which obviously has its own benefits. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Think about all those school projects where you didn't have to meet up with your annoying teammates because you could just do a Google Slides. For sure. No, the cloud is definitely enabled. Great things like that where you can do live collaboration and edits. And that is really only possible because the files being stored somewhere else and it's basically like you're streaming a video mm-hmm. except you have you know all of these right options to choose with the, but the thing is being streamed in so can i just ask a question yeah just to clarify in mm-hmm. my head so the you're saying that the way the reason that it's possible for us to be like live editing the same document at the same time is mm-hmm. because like this document is existing yeah on like a third party server or somebody else so somewhere else and yeah. we are both accessing the same document at the same time yeah it's like the, literally the same document not yeah. two different versions of it or and anything it, like that and it is it's complex because no one wants to tell you exactly how sure, their software works secret, and secret. so there's lots of ways in which a lot of the internet is really complex code and it's hidden from us because right. i think figma does have intelligent ways to make it so you don't work on the exact same part of the file at the same time, oh, right? See. Like when someone has something selected, you can't also edit it. Right, right, And so right. they've like designed their file format so that like each part can kind of live together. Okay. And on a Google Doc, I think it's more like a, just a stream of text and it right, kind of, right. you just pick a, you know, you pick a spot on the page, yeah. you know, each character just kind of an order and then as soon as you start typing in you know you're either on this side or or this side of of where you everyone else is and i guess the text like we kind of talked before about you know the text being a number and the combinations and the packets and the eight bits and all that stuff like a text document would be easier i guess yeah it would be easier and you can even see like not all cloud sync documents are the same if you are a user of Microsoft OneNote. Mm-hmm. Like Microsoft Word has like a live viewable oh. collaboration. You can see people as you're okay. typing. Microsoft OneNote does not. It kind of like if two people are editing the same OneNote yeah. file, you can get errors if they're editing oh. different parts. It seems really silly. Um, I wish at I, Microsoft. I'm at Microsoft. I wish you would fix that. <laughs> I am not using it anymore, but we did have team meetings where we were both oh taking gosh. and it can have conflicts of unresolved change. And that's just oh, because weird. Okay. that is a less sophisticated right. kind of syncing changes that software. Makes sense. And then another um, example of like a benefit uh, of the cloud that I was thinking of that came to my mind is kind of in almost as present to me in the way that people that I know how they use Snapchat. Because what I've noticed and like I just I'm not an avid Snapchat user. My Wi-Fi at home is not good enough to support that. Hashtag the internet. But I noticed like they will take videos and photos in the Snapchat app versus on their camera because Snapchat like saves your photos and videos as memories. So they're like, I'd rather take this video on Snapchat so that I like get the memory next year about it and things like that. And then it also has a bit of a backup. So I guess that's just a different kind of use case for it. But yeah. Yeah. And so I think. That's a very Gen Z opinion to have. True that. True that. But um, 
yeah, there are lots of different, like, you can have Apple Photos and Google Photos yeah. all sync, but Snapchat is an example of uh, what's called a software as a service, okay. um, which is really something that has been enabled by the cloud. Because, okay. you know, Sna- Snapchat only works because there's servers in the background that save those photos and send right. the photos between your friends and show the ads and show your right. stories and load the filters. Uh, and if Snapchat stopped paying for those cloud services, for those yeah. servers, all that would bring Break, right like we love that in theory it could all break one day if snapchat ceased to exist right right um they're bringing in lots of money right now so it's unlikely to happen um but you know Sna- and snapchat's a great example because snapchat the application is actually kind of built on top of the cloud you know it's a, it's a newer app snapchat mm-hmm. came about in the 2010s um as kind of this cloud thing was kind of solid. Yeah. Um, and so there's kind of three levels of cloud services. Okay. And we'll break those down. So we talked about SaaS, which is a software as a service, okay. which is kind of Google Docs, a software as service. Zoom is a software as a service. Right. It's kind of a software that relies on the okay. cloud to work. And by software, are you kind of meaning like, you know, an application yeah. that a company has developed and I am interacting directly with that application. Like yeah. I log on to it is, Zoom, I do a Zoom It call. is software, app, it's the same thing. It's just not app as a service because that would be right. apps. <laughs> <laughs> so right, I right. think I think the acronym people that be decided that SAS is a little better than I see. ass. <laughs> okay, so instead of buying a physical product, yeah. you're buying a digital Product. product. Okay. And, and sometimes, you know, and because it's a service, you're not buying it. You're subscribing. Right. To it. And sometimes there's free services or freemiums. Right. Like Snapchat right. is a free service. There's ads. And then you have like Tinder, which is a freemium service mm. where they're like, it's free. But if you want a super like, give us your money. I see. And then you just have paid services like Apple Music or, right. you know, Netflix, okay. which are all, you know, they're a service yeah. and you're you're paying directly okay. for them. And, you know, we debated whether to explain this to all y'all because it is a kind of a level deeper. But I think in my mind, like yeah. I've been applying for a lot of jobs. Like if you work in software, if you work any like, you know, in any type of digital product, like mm-hmm. most, of, most of us do, I've seen the term SaaS thrown out a lot. Yeah. And even myself, I was like, I don't fully get what that is. So it's just kind of nice to have that understanding, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Snapchat as a SaaS, it built on a pass. Okay. Uh, And then we'll get to the third layer. It's also with that. But pass is a platform as a service. Okay. And so Google has this thing called App Engines, which is this platform for developing apps. Okay. Um, and it's a platform, basically, you know, imagine like a platform is a thing you stand on, sure. right? you know, in Super Mario, you're jumping from platform to platform. Yeah. So it's kind of this foundation that you can stand on that's already off the ground. So this platform right. kind of can deal with some of these app things. So like, okay. so Snapchat doesn't have to write all their own code to deliver the snaps and keep all of that stuff running. Okay. Some of that is managed by Google. Some of it's also totally Snapchat's right. custom so thing. So Google, Google has already put in the work to like code yeah, and to develop exactly. some of the kind of core the functions and Snapchat's like yeah I'll take Snapchat. that. Snapchat yeah and it's easier for Snapchat I mean obviously Snapchat still develops a lot but it right. is kind of this thing to stand on okay. and then sharing is caring sharing is caring and then associated with that is kind of the last lowest level okay. which is I ass um <laughs> lol I ass um <laughs> which is infrastructure as a service okay um which is quite common you know it, uh, a lot of 
companies maybe in the 90s would have had their own big servers. You know, some larger companies for sure do yeah. still have servers or some mid-sized tech companies, which are pretty big and do have a lot of their own stuff, but aren't necessarily giant. Sure, sure. Might have their own servers, but most companies now are paying um, Amazon Web Services or right. Microsoft Azure Cloud or Google Cloud Services. Right. There's a couple of smaller players, but really it's three main okay. big boys yeah, yeah. Um, who are the big infrastructures. So okay. instead of building your own rack of servers, you can say, hey, Google, I want to store this amount of sure. data on your server. They write I'll up a contract you. and they say, okay. here's this infrastructure right. and you're paying for this monthly. Right. And so okay. you look at Apple yeah. is, is an interesting case because Apple does have their own server farms. You know, they're a huge company. Yeah. But... That's not their main focus. So they do pay Google for I see. like so sometimes your iCloud information might be stored on Apple's own servers and sometimes it might actually physically, although physically is a, sure, it's a sure. weird question when yeah. it's zeros and ones. Physically is it on a Google server. Um, right. Just to say if you're scared, you know, uh, Apple encrypts all their stuff. Mm. So just because it's on a Google server doesn't mean Google can access any of it. Okay. You know, it's it's they're just saying you know, it's like a storage locker where they're like, I don't know what's right, in there, but right. <laughs> the less can... I know, the better. Right. <laughs> so, okay, just to reiterate. So, A, the, the first one, which is SaaS, is like, yeah. I am buying, yeah, a service, some sort of app, some sort of digital product. I'm subscribing to it. That's the service that you're paying for. Then the next level is like, probably the people who are developing a service mm-hmm. are looking towards bigger companies and going like, I'm going to buy some stuff you've already made to help me make my thing easier. Yeah. And then the last one is, I'm... I am buying some infrastructure that you have because I don't want to build my own giant server mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it lets you it lets you be so much more flexible, right? Like right. the cloud has enabled lots of businesses to get into the internet stuff, you know, without this big upfront commitment. Cause you're like, yeah. well, I don't know how big we're gonna get. So, you know, if we're building all right, our own servers, right. like how big do you start right, with? And right. if all of a sudden we get popular, can we just buy more? Because right. with big... with IaaS, you can just say, Oh, you know, we're getting way more users yeah. than we thought. Let's let's yeah, ramp it up. Not. Or like, hey, actually, we're lame. Could we uh, <laughs> pay for less? Down, it might yeah. be hard to do that because uh, they might not want to let you pay less. But, you know, yeah, that's beside the point. OK, so then I'm thinking in my head that you kind of were throwing out some names of some big companies who kind of have a handle on this infrastructure. But I'm wondering, I have mm-hmm. three important questions in regards to, like, which companies are storing all the data, like, my first question is, which companies? Mm. My second question is, how are they storing this data? And my third question is, where where on earth are yeah. they storing it? So, which companies? Which companies? Yeah. So, I think I mentioned Amazon, yeah. Google, yeah. Microsoft. Okay. Those are the three big biggest players. Sure. And you can look it up. There are some smaller players that do have some dominance. Um, that's also specifically in western or like i think in russia and china yeah there are a bit of some more domestic players just because okay. of the complexities of those two countries internets like sure china definitely has gi- their own giants that do this because right of the, right you yeah, know yeah complex china reasons that i think you're not this is yeah. not the podcast for that <laughs> no. right now so those are kind of the three companies and if you notice they're some of the three biggest companies in the internet right yes. kind of how this has come to be is that you know those were three pioneers in Mm -hmm. internet services. So Google, Amazon, Microsoft, they were all in the 90s 
wanting to build themselves up and build online stores and build search engines and yeah. build, you know, uh, business focused digital solutions. Right. 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 Um, so in building all those things, they're starting to design code. Right. Yeah. I think we haven't talked a lot about code, but, you know, you, the way you can think of it is, is every time a developer has got to, like, design a new thing, they're basically inventing a new tool. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, from sense. from scratch. And a lot of the time those tools are useful. Yeah. Right. And they can be applied to other things. Right. So, you know, Google over the years has amassed tons of different algorithms and techniques, you know, they might develop something that makes Google image search work a lot better. And then, oh, actually that can be applied to something else. And, you know, it's a lot of technologies that first work for their own products. And then they think, well, actually the business people step in and say, well, we could package this up and we could probably sell this to other people because, you know, we've already done the work. Yeah. Let's then, you know, let other people money. let's let other people pay us for the all this work that yeah, we've done. That makes sense. So basically, you're saying that along Google's and all their journeys of developing their own technologies in regards to the internet, they basically came up with the cloud in a sense. In in a sense, I think you know the yeah the cloud is based off of the underlying technologies of the internet, which yeah. as we talked about in episode one right. was based off of you know like military research and right, right. a lot of academics. But yes, totally in the early 2000s in the commercialization of the internet Mm -hmm. people were inventing lots of new ways to store things where they were implementing ways that academics were like i think that we could make this network you know i think a lot of a lot of what the cloud is was thought of and was only theoretical and then right i see and then google was like hey suits people were like hey we've got all this money (laughs) <laughs> let's okay. make more of it that makes sense um, so then they were that so they kind of since they kind of pioneered it they were and they also had a lot of resources they had a lot of capital yeah. they were just best positioned to build all this infrastructure they were best positioned to build all the infrastructure they were also best positioned to make a shit ton of money from it as well you know you, you don't want to lose your dominance so how do you keep your dominance is that you you know, start controlling, you know, right, because right. a lot of the internet is not controllable. It's yeah. an open standard, but right. as soon as you start building stuff that's your own on top of it, right. then that's what you can control right. kind of thing. So my next question, which I feel like my next two questions kind of go together in a sense, but I, I was mm-hmm. kind of wondering, because in my head, I cannot understand, like, sure, we're talking about these servers and like this big infrastructure and everything, but, you know, are we literally talking about like some space jam to server world business or is it different than than that you know what i mean i mean you told me about the space jam too so we cheated I, we cheated yes it is like that um but i would imagine most of our listeners like me have probably not seen space jam too um tweet us if you tweet have. us if you have <laughs> um i watched it it made no sense I, <laughs> it was good but it's it for was, children but they definitely like they go into the server verse which is legitimately this massive room yeah. full of servers and you almost look at that and you're like that has to be fake you know what i no, mean because it yeah. seems crazy it but it's crazy but it, it is it is fairly accurate i think okay. um imagine you know costco size things mm. and then maybe like something three times this has a costco or maybe there's multiple wow. buildings in a place right so it's legitimately a massive massive warehouse building mm-hmm. full of servers that are just yeah just like rows upon rows servers are generally rack mounted so there's like right. there's like a rack you can think of i don't know Anything that has a rack, like the sh- the shelves on a grocery store. Sure. Imagine instead of products, there was just, just like servers. these computers. But you know, these computers are pretty flat. They don't have a monitor. Right. They generally will have like a bunch of hard drives 
plugged into them because you want as much storage capacity on each hard drive. And so Google has not hundreds necessarily. They're not hundreds of Google data centers around the world, but I would say there's two to three dozen, I guess. Um, Needle. Based on what we've been talking about, you need a lot. You need a lot. Um, And so kind of the closest one to us is in the Dales hopefully (laughs) the Dallas in Oregon. Um, and so it's a 164,000 square foot site. Um, they invested $1.8 billion into this site. And I think the thing about that server is that they specifically chose it because there was like hydroelectricity there. So, you know, servers take a lot of power to power all these computers all the time. So responsible companies will build Mm. their servers where there's, power that's green um sometimes people were building them in places where they're coal plants they're trying not to do that generally some of the tech companies are slightly better at that only because they have so much money <laughs> yeah, they, that like they have like, no excuse yeah they're to. like oh yeah i guess that would be really silly yeah. to not to but something that makes me think of when you are mentioning that data center in oregon like when um i play this game mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's like a multiplayer game and so the server that i connect to it says is like in oregon mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if it is that server probably it is, right it is possible everybody's out here and then the sustainability thing yeah it's just something to keep in mind because they do use a lot of power to they do keep use these computers power. running. They also use a lot of water often because right. water is a really good thermal cooler. Like right. water takes a lot of energy out. Um, generally, they, they do like recycle the water in there. But, you know, they, they are intensive businesses. And I think um, people sometimes talk about the green cloud. And there is a carbon footprint right. with storing all of our data on the cloud. Like because storing your data on the cloud you don't ever see that. It's just a totally hidden carbon yeah, footprint, yeah. but it's it's there. It and exists. It is, uh, you know, yeah. Right. And it is very distributed, so it's not huge. And it's trying to get greener, but it is going to weigh in your conscience now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we read one article, which honestly, they may have resolved this. I'm not sure if it's relevant anymore, but they were mentioning that. I don't know if it was a Google data center, but one data center was in a place where they were always in drought and they didn't have water. And so they were like using the water to cool down the data center. And people were really mad about that because we were like, hey, we need that to like drink and stuff. But I, I think they resolved it. I'm not sure. I can post about it later. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, okay, before you kind of mentioned like if Google Drive was to, you know, blow up or whatever, would all my stuff get lost? So it does leave me wondering in my head, is it safe for these companies like Google? Amazon, Microsoft to have all the photos of my life and my computer backups and all my files, you know, in their hands. Like, am I safe? Maybe. (laughs) I think it's it's the best question. I mean, I think a if anything has taught humans anything, yeah, is that we're all garbage at a like figuring out risk. If we've learned anything about the pen the past year, it's that we're all garbage (laughs) at it. But whatever, it's what we have. Um, But. Generally, yes. I would say data is stored usually on multiple servers. Like they don't, they will store copies or what they call mirrors sometimes. The same mirroring. Um, uh, And so, yeah, it it generally is pretty safe and a lot of security and money and time and energy goes into making sure these data centers stay live, stay active. They have backup generators. They have, you know, surge protection. They, you know, because if one of these goes down, it's real dollar impact on these companies, right? So they have a big vested interest in keeping your data safe. So I would say, you know, in this like 
conspiracy world. It's, no, no the, they really want your data to not get effed. Yeah. Because you do still own the data that you have on the cloud. So right. if they did delete it yeah. without your consent... Um, and and without them making it clear to you, you ran out of storage right, or right, your account right. being terminated. Yeah. At that point, then it's on then it's on you. Yeah. But if they just lost your data one day, that's kind of on them. And trouble, so right? you know they really don't want to do that. That makes sense. And so yeah, the the data centers are made with security in mind. True. Um, that being said, if there's security, that means it's not foolproof. So you know, mm-hmm. every everything is. Yeah. Uh, these are we. I literally pasted from google's own website about Mm -hmm. their own security yeah that they build their own servers Mm -hmm. they have security team working 24 7 they say that if there was a fire or any disruption they shift the data to other data centers and then they have emergency backup power um so basically everything is just distributed so in my mind Mm -hmm. the the situation in which your stuff would be at risk is if there was like multiple crises and like outages happening at multiple data centers at the exact same time like half of them or something but it's also i think i think it's not an all or nothing thing i think we look at the cloud as this monolith yeah it's one thing because you do log into one thing you're you're not choosing which data center you connect to because all of that is done by robots you know all of that's done behind the scenes all of that is that proprietary technology that google and amazon and microsoft and you know other companies have they've developed all that stuff so you never have to think about it yeah but you know maybe half of the cloud would be down. And I think, you know, you will see news stories sometimes that say Slack users are having an outage or Google Drive had issues. And it'll almost never be 100% of users. It'll be sometimes regionally clustered or, you know. Yeah. Regionally clustered is the only thing. So it's not impossible. But it is like, it's more unlikely of that happening than like you should mention earlier, you spilling a cup of tea on your own laptop and destroying your own hard drive. I I would say if you are super good about data backups and you have a backup and a backup of a backup and, uh, you know, and then that's all like put into cold storage or something, then sure, (laughs) maybe you do have a more secure thing going on. Um, But that's, uh, let's be honest. Nobody is happy. Your mom is not concerned about that and she doesn't know about that, right? So the cloud is for her safer than her, you know, if your mommy or grandparent only have a cell phone and things are back up to the cloud. It's pretty secure because when's the last time you, I don't know, I dropped my phone off a bridge. I dropped yeah. it in the toilet. Thankfully, iPhones are more waterproof now. So yeah. it's like less of a thing. But, you know, there's, sure. there's, lots of, there's lots of crazy things that could happen to your devices that are more likely to happen than a complete total yeah. system failure That's in, for sure. in the Google Cloud. That's for true. So then, and I, I heard you like mention this really briefly earlier, but I want to bring it back again because I was interested. When... If I put all my, if I make a Google Doc and I'm writing an essay in Google, my essay in Google Docs, or I'm throwing all my photos into Google Drive, like, do I still own those things since I'm putting it on their servers? Like, what's the relationship then between owning your data? Yeah, you definitely, it depends on the company. So I will say upfront that this is not... Every, if, you sure. know, because lots of lots of things use, you know, what we would consider the cloud. Yeah. But, you know, like Instagram, technically you upload all your Instagram photos. Those exist everywhere. You know, for, with Instagram, all your photos are there. If you log into any account, anyone can see all your photos. Right. And on Instagram, the ownership is more mm, hazy, you right. know, but also we kind of don't consider that the cloud as much, even though it is 
the same technology right. that run the cloud that keeps they all need of those storage. To store all the no, exactly, right? right? And so I think you know Facebook is one company that I'm sure does buy infrastructure from people. I'm sure Facebook also has their own infrastructure because. Yeah. They're huge. They are Zuckerberg, huge. You know. Um, but yeah, you know, on a thing like Instagram, yeah. maybe it's more hazy. On a thing like iCloud or Google Drive, yes, you do okay. own that. Right. Although it's a question that it is a software as a service. So when you run out of storage yeah. and you add something new and then it says, oh, you don't have any storage for this. Like, you know, then, then what? Then what? Right. 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 So Which there's is, some gray area, I guess. There's some gray area. Or if you... Um, Break the terms and conditions of your account. Okay. Generally, they should allow you to download your data, but it kind of depends on what happens. And, right. you know, when you die, that's a question. Right. And yeah, it's a, and it's a question one. that's looking to be answered more readily. Apple's yeah. launching this feature this fall that allow you to, like, designate family members oh, to, like, really? to have your iCloud oh, data if smart. you pass away. So they're, like, adding some features with that. Yeah, it's, it's always kind of a question. But then you'll look at other services like, Spotify yeah. or Netflix, yeah. and the, it's a very obvious no. No, there. yeah, you don't own the data, right? Um, but in a less obvious way, sometimes you will like your um, like iTunes movie library, mm-hmm. your iTunes song library. Yeah, you do more own those files because there's no digital like control. They're just MP3 or yeah. MP4 files, yeah. and you can share them and, and rip them, and, and they can stay in your hard drive forever. Yeah. Whereas some of the iTunes movie files, there's code in those files that, in theory, if it's not linked up to the account anymore, yeah. would make that file unplayable. Ooh, and like your Kindle books, your Kindle books right. all have what's called digital rights management software, okay. so DRM in there. So if your Amazon account ever got suspended yeah. because maybe you tried to assassinate Jeff Bezos, I don't know. Just throwing stuff out there. Just joking. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, if that right. was the case, you know, uh, it is possible that all your Kindle books could could be gone, right? Right, right, right. And so, you know, there's no one size fits all rule. Generally, if you're just putting a file up on the internet, it should still be yours. But, you know. Right. If it's something you're really, you know, you really want to make sure that is yours. Yeah. Read those terms. Read those terms and conditions. Yeah. So then I guess, you know, it's interesting. And I think this will kind of be like, like an interesting discussion here, because in terms of even thinking about iTunes library, right? Like back in the day, I go to YouTube, I YouTube to MP3, I download what I want, I throw it in my iTunes library, I sync it to my iPod, like we're good to go. Those are my files. I own them. All those movies that I did on uTorrent, those are mine on my computer. But, you know, Apple Music, I don't own those files no i download them and they show up in my itunes but if my apple music account was ever to go kaput or you stopped paying for it i stopped paying for it (laughs) the the more likely the more likely uh, (laughs) scenario yes for sure um i wouldn't have access to like how many hundreds or thousands of songs that i've downloaded so it's kind of it is you know i would say the cloud has more than ever really enabled this proliferation so they're everywhere now of services yeah because the service business model makes more sense than the product business model right right? you know you can buy a piece of software and you buy the cd or you and then you buy the digital download and then like cool that's it and maybe they would release an update or something but you know you used to kind of 
pay for some of those updates. Yeah. So you buy a new version of the software, and that's kind of not where we are anymore. Now we have these apps which always get updated and they have to you know go into their own servers and so those are all running costs and so you either need to make those up through advertising or you need to charge your users fees right because at the end of the day none of that stuff is is kind of free so we do have all these ways that you know they're trying to tie you into things that you're gonna pay for Forever. Forever. Forever, which is, it's, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird question, you know, where just at the dawn of a lot of these services, your water, your power, your uh, cable TV, your telephone, like those were all services that kind of everyone paid for all the time. And now we just have (laughs) so many more, right? Because it is this, I think this infrastructure thing that's become more accessible, right? Um, When we had to get water to your house, we have to build a pipe. You know, and it's really expensive. So you're not going to do that more than once. Yeah. So but and the only thing you can really get through that pipe is water. And then another pipe will take your shit out. Right. And so that's another pipe. And that really has one purpose. And then the phone line kind of mainly has one purpose, although we talked about how they found multiple purposes (laughs) for it. Right. And then you have a power line, which is really only going to bring power in. But then now all of a sudden we have this infrastructure that's not bringing in one tangible thing, but yeah. it's bringing in data, right? Right, right. So now, it's whereas unleashed. we had, yeah, you know, we had water and power and all yeah. of these things, which were kind of one line in, yeah. one service. Now we have the internet and it's one line in and it's infinite Literally services. Literally, you can do anything. And I think, listen, I don't know if Mish and I made up this word. It's possible. I don't know. But we were saying that the cloud, in a way, is the servicification of the internet. Yeah. Because if we were originally the internet was supposed to be this free and open thing, the idea that any you know anybody deserves to have access yeah. to anything like a live like a public library, like a public library, right? Like that well, was the initial kind of, and it's really like the, it's like the post system but right. for data, right? right. You know, if, right. if the internet is just the post system but for data, everyone's just gonna send data back and forth, right. and obviously then we have the World Wide Web, which is less of that than it's more like then it is more like the library where we're gonna right, get something right, and right, right and you know at the beginning the question wasn't really answered of who's gonna pay for this or yeah. oh no it's just a cost that a business will do you know a business right, pays for yeah. a store because that's how they get money and so people will just pay yeah. for websites right um and then we yeah build this more and more technology and they're like oh yeah. like are. obviously people who want to make money are gonna find a way to make money so it's once again that classic trade-off of like yes i like the you know convenience of netflix and apple music and disney plus and crave and all these you know i could go on and 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 it's like, at, you know, at what point does that become ridiculous? Because I just, I, th- I think that to myself sometimes, because like yeah. I do love the convenience, but at the same time, I go to movie seven, movie seven dot toe, and I can watch anything I want for free. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't lost that. So it's like, I don't know, is my bill going to be $200 a month for cloud services? And that's amazing for them. I'm happy they're making money, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a big question. I mean, I think it's it's a question that wasn't as relevant. And now that every single TV network has got <sighs> their name plus yeah. or max. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's mostly, it's, it's just HBO Max. Everyone else is just like, oh, Apple and Disney have pluses. We'll yeah. do pluses too, you know? <laughs> uh, we'll see how many pluses we can add before it yeah. becomes too much. Or, yeah. um, you know, maybe we'll see a record 
like reckoning or mm. maybe we won't and it'll just kind of continue on you know you know I, yeah i think it's just and i mean this is part of the reason why we made this podcast just just to like let y'all know just so you know just so you know so you can think about it yeah and considering everything that we have talked about it, the infrastructure mm-hmm. and the system that we call the cloud sounds literally nothing like a cloud at all. So I'm here to ask you for $1 million from the Dragon's Den. Why is it called the cloud? You know, <laughs> uh, why is any tech service called what it's called? Right. You know, probably because some white guy was like, I think this is a great <laughs> idea. You know, True. or a black woman said this is a great idea. And then the white guy was like, I'm going to steal it. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Sorry, what did you say? You're fired now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think cloud is kind of a, it's a useless term or it's an it's a fairly empty term. Right, right. Right? It doesn't really mean much, but it's really a marketing term. Okay, That right. they kind of, you know, it is a complex mental thing to think about. And it's a little scary to think that like, oh, my data is somewhere else it's yeah not my data here. center is in this you building know, in oregon like people it's susceptible to fire it's susceptible to and so whatever. And, and as designers we can think about you know when they first made desktop computers yeah the name right there tells you that they you know they're like desktops right, right. so they made things look like file folders and right. garbage cans and they yeah. tried to use metaphors to help you learn these complex yeah computing things and i think the cloud is just a fairly lame <laughs> metaphor it's right? a metaphor that makes you not worry about it. Yeah, it's it's less work. I think the cloud is trying to say that it's it's not in any one place, which is true, right, right? Right. I mean, the main reason it's called the cloud is just because it's helping you conceptualize that. Oh my, like my data everywhere. is everywhere, right? And, right? and you just it's kind of that thing to make you not anxious about it, right? right? Like it's on the cloud okay. because your mom's like, what, "Where's the data?" And you're like, "It's on the cloud," yeah. and they're like. Oh. It's in the sky. Okay, it's it's on the cloud. And for most people, it, it doesn't right. really matter yeah. that they don't know. And, right. you know, the cloud is easier to know than, oh, actually, Google developed this thing. And it decides what data center to put yeah. it in. Yeah. And actually, it's in more than one data center. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Because, you know, there's no name that encapsulates <laughs> all of that. You know, the thing is, and, and I mean, obviously, it's just because we've made this podcast and we've learned so much along the way. Mm-hmm. It's like... If you don't have that base understanding of like what the internet is and what the World Wide Web is, if you don't understand those things, then yeah, sitting down and being like, wait, it's like data centers and, and servers, yeah. and that makes no sense. But if you have that base understanding, the explanation of the cloud is like kind of like duh. Yeah. Like I think in the the word the cloud also turns it kind of it black boxes it. Mm-hmm. It makes it kind of this thing. Exactly, where you don't need to know what's going on, yeah. right? You don't need to know that decades of technology and money yeah. and research and innovation have made it so we're able to instantly serve you files wherever you are on the yeah. planet. You don't need to know that. No. All you need to know is I type in my password and then boom, all of my Dropbox files show up, all yeah. of my Google Drive, all yeah. of the Netflix, all of... You just don't have to think about it. And that's, I guess, the power of the, the, cl- yeah. the cloud. That's the positive, I guess. It's Yeah, it's that thing where it's like, does it matter if people understand it or not? I don't know. You can decide for yourself. But hopefully, after listening to our episode, you do understand it a bit more and... I don't know. Do with that what you will, I guess. If you've still got questions, you can tweet them to us Mm -hmm. at our Twitter, which is at WDWES podcast. Uh, 
We also are on Instagram, mm-hmm. same name, mm-hmm. and with the same name, but at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email if you don't want to, like, tweet out to the masses. You can send us a private email. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're a little embarrassed and you're like, guys, how does Pornhub work? You know, <laughs> if you have True. that question, True. we could get to it. But, let us know. Uh, let us know. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have you ever wondered where your data goes when you upload to the cloud? Where does my data go? What is the cloud? I don't get it. I'm really confused.